and then I'm like, that's why I know I need to wear the mask because if I had coronavirus, it would be even worse. Mm-hmm. No, so that's it's like, true. This is a luxury. Yeah, no, that's that's hundred percent correct. Uh yeah, stressful times, stressful times. Mm. But um, very stressful. But this is not a stressful time for whoever's tuning in. Because this is the fun time. This is your fun time. This is your time off during the 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 lockdown season, the quarantine season. Um, mm. Welcome is, back, everybody, to yeah. the fun time lockdown po- podcast season. Uh, fun time lockdown quarantine podcast, where we talk about nice things and nice things only. Please go to funtimelockdownpodcastseason.org forward slash podcast to um, just read about us. Yeah, read about what us, what we do, and it's all, it's all great. Also, you can go to radiopodcast.com and rate this podcast. Um, forward slash quarantine fun time podcast lockdown.com. I hope you're writing it all down because it's very important. <laughs> this information is Just necessary. memorize it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, my name is... I realized something... Oh. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> Nobody cares what my name is anyway. True. You, I, did, I wasn't aware you had one, to be honest. Yeah. Um. I discovered something about ratethispodcast.com. It's a scam? I think it literally... No, I think it literally just tells people how to rate the podcast. Yeah. Like, you go to it, you click on iTunes, and it's like, hey, cool, so you go to iTunes, and you do this. Yeah. It's like, well, thank you. Thanks, James. Yeah, I... Uh, we do actually... We have three podcast reviews on iTunes. We do? Who the fuck they, are you? They don't... There's no... We just have, like, numbers. Someone's just reviewed us. With stars. What were the stars? What's the rating? We've got one star. We got one star? <gasps> no, we've got five. Oh my god, we got three five star reviews. Yeah. Wow. I feel like did we review it? Like who knows? Maybe. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know if you can rate podcasts on um on Spotify. Spotify I don't think so. No. I mean surely you can I don't yeah. I don't think so. I mean I feel like you should be able to, but I just like don't think you can. Yeah. Like if I go into it. Yeah, I don't think I can read it. No, I don't think... Why would I want to? This podcast fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, maybe that's a good thing that they people can't read us on, on Spotify. Maybe that's yeah. a, it's a blessing in disguise. <laughs> but yeah, I cut out most of the radio podcast bits from the previous episode because it was really boring. So I cut it out. Yeah. It's fair. It is pretty boring. And I feel like not useful. I don't know. James, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry, James. Thanks for the email. We really appreciate you writing us, even though it's just for your benefit, but still. The start of this podcast was a prank. Yes, we gotcha. This is the most uh-huh. stressful podcast of the world because it's about horror films. It's called Fuck, Honk, yeah. Kill. Uh-huh. Uh, fuck, Honk, Kill. Fuck, Honk, Kill. Fuck, Honk, Kill. And uh, yeah, my name is Machi and I'm the co-host of the podcast Fuck, Honk, Kill. You might have figured that out. My name is Abby, and I'm founder of C- and CEO of Fuckon Kill Podcast Productions. Ice cream van. <laughs> that's your uh, you that's your theme it? song every time you say you're the CEO. Uh, this this melody plays. Exactly. So. I want one so badly. You can stop now, Jesus. Can you tell that guy to go and uh, harass kids somewhere else? No, I want I want an ice cream. These two, I think those people were standing there waiting for the ice cream person to arrive. Because they were standing on that corner doing nothing and they've just ran back now that the ice cream van is here. Maybe they were like really, Honestly, really bored. Same. And that that was just like, uh, you know, the most exciting thing that ever happened to them. 
Does the ice cream van arrive at a specific time? I kind of thought it just drove around. I, I honestly don't know. I don't know. Well, it's been so long since I've had an ice cream from an ice cream van. Yeah. There's I, something about it. It's a blessing. I don't know. I, I kind of don't get it, honestly, but sure. Um, when it's you're a kid to- and you don't know any better, then it's great. But you can buy a fucking ice cream in a shop. It's fine. Just do that. This comes to your house. You it's can way order better. groceries now. You can order them. You can order yourself a bunch of fucking uh, ice cream. And then you don't have to get <sighs> no, out of your house to talk to a creepy man in a van. This is a woman. This is Lorraine. Oh, Lorraine. Okay. So fuck you and your gender roles. <laughs> Mache. That's fair enough. You know, you got me on that. Um, <laughs> I am a misogynist. True. Yeah. So um, on this podcast, we talk about ice cream vans and sexual harassment uh, in relation to kids. And um, podcasts. And podcasts and other podcasts. And, and James from RateYourPodcast.com. Welcome to the Rate This Podcast podcast. Oh, we're doing that bit again. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mache. Yeah. What What film did we watch this week? Yeah, so this week we're talking about something very special. Uh, this week, um, or even I would say today, uh, was the day that I watched the last episode of Community. The last episode of season six of Community. And I was not ready yeah. for, for Community to end. So now we're going to devote the podcast to me talking about how I feel about Community ending. Because Community got me through the lockdown. And I'm feeling sad. Yeah, so we're just gonna talk about that and how I, about my feelings. And um, I actually watched the the pilot again. I think I'm just starting from season one again because I'm not ready to let community go. So there we go. I don't remember um, how community ends. To be honest, it's it's a really great final episode. Um, basically, ends like the last episode is ba- basically them pitching different ideas for season seven. Um, and it's like an episode, yeah, with, with different kind of versions of what could happen uh, by every character. And um, yeah, and basically it ends with, with yeah, with Abbott, Abbott going to Los Angeles and kind of the group kind of falling apart, honestly, with most of the people leaving and just a few What's of that? the older guys staying. And um, yeah, and it's, it's, you know, it's a good ending because, yeah, pretty much I, I think only like season three or season two actually had like good endings as well that kind of felt like maybe this is over or this could be over. And then four and five had pretty bad endings in terms of like they they just had to make another one because it felt really incomplete. Um, so I'm kind of happy it ends with season six. I, I I actually enjoyed season six quite a bit in general. I thought it was very good. It's weird. I feel like I watched Community, and I really enjoyed it. But if you ask me to like tell you different like important events that happened throughout the show, I like wouldn't be able to. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's it's a, it's a weird show, but. Um, I think I could like you know there's stuff that I don't know if there's stuff that's really important for how it goes forward it's just stuff that's fun that happens throughout and comes back as a inside joke I guess um, there are you know important stuff that happens I guess I don't know you know Troy leaving has a wonderful the, the episode where Troy leaves on the on the childish tycoon is, is wonderful it made me cry mm. and there's a few I cried a lot on community honestly uh, I cried a lot on community. interesting um yeah so it's kind of weird because yeah it's one of those yeah the, I, I had the same thing with brooklyn 99 brooklyn 99 got me through like a breakup and really helped me out Aww. with this 
and uh, yeah, and community helped me out with the lockdown. Like it was really helpful to just have it to watch. Yeah, I feel like there'll be well in a few years we'll think about like the things that we watched or did during lockdown, and it'll be like that's what got me through. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this podcast will not be one of them. No, this is what this has made it worse. Yeah, this is the significantly worse. worse. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll listen back to those episodes and we'll be like, what the fuck were we thinking? <laughs> we should have spent more time we? eating ice cream and masturbating mm, and eating sausages and eating sausages on a stick yes yeah, very tasty and it looks good yeah i don't eat meat but it's okay um yeah so that was the that was the community bit of the of the of the podcast it's a regular segment um it's great it's great it was a good time I can't count the reasons I should stay. And I can't... St- no. It all just goes away. No, we can't sing anymore. Bow, bow. No, stop, because they're gonna strike... Copyright strike us. It's, no. this, we're, we're done. This is it. This was it. Editor, please don't put anything in here. Don't fucking dare. Yeah, okay, no, sorry. This week we watched a, a different film. We watched an actual film, not a episode of a series. Uh, we watched the we film... Did. Um, called The Hunt uh, by Mr... Directed uh, by Craig Zobel. Craig Zobel, yeah, that guy. It's a film from this year, maybe the, the newest film we did on this podcast. Hmm. Um, it was supposed to be released last year, 2019. Yeah. But um, there was, like, some mass shootings in America, and due to, like, the themes of the film, they were like, let's not release it. Yeah. Yeah, they postponed that, and then they released it this year, and then the pandemic struck right after. Mm. So, yeah, they kind of got fucked over. But I've heard it's doing very well on streaming, so there you go. Yeah, how did you, what did you think about it? Did you like it? Uh, Well, Abby, I have not liked it. I thought it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a poorly made film. <laughs> Which yeah, is kind of interesting, right. because we haven't talked about a film that I don't like in a while, I guess. So I guess that's Yeah, something. I feel like it's been a while... Since I don't even know, have we ever watched a film that neither of us liked? Because I feel like most of the time one of us has seen the film. Yeah, there's been a couple times where we haven't seen a film, but like say like Mayhem. But I liked Mayhem. I thought I thought it was okay. Yeah, but I feel like I this I think this might be the first film that neither of us have liked. Yeah, did you not, did you not enjoy it either? Did you have a, yeah, no? There was a moment where I thought I might, and like so I liked. I don't even know if I can say. That. I was gonna say I, I feel like I liked the main character, but I don't even know if that's true. Well, I, I did love. I do. I am a big fan of Betty uh, Gilpin. Uh, I think she's a wonderful actress, and um, I, I I'm a fan of Glow. So that's kind of why I was looking forward to this as well because she's oh, in Glow. Oh, she's in Glow. Yeah, she's like the second ah. main character with Alison Brie, and um, she's great in Glow as well. She's very good at this. Like she's fucking giving her best to this thing. Um, and she does it. Like, she does a good job. Yeah. I just feel like. It, the film is bad. Yeah, the film I is... feel like... So, to give an overview to the fans, um, which of which we have many. So, the film is... Let me see. Does the synopsis give you a... Or, like, the... Basically, the background of it. Okay, so... It's about these rich people who are, like... I don't know. It basically starts with, like, a group chat that they have and they're kind of joking around or whatever. Um, But the main thing is these rich people they do this thing where they like hunt people for sport um 
and the people that they hunt are like the is it is it it's deplorables quote unquote deplorables which is like um, a sort of a buzzword during the Donald Trump Hillary Clinton presidential fight I don't even remember when that was at this stage um but basket of deplorables so here we go yeah Basket of Deplorables is a phrase from a 2016 presidential election campaign speech delivered by Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton on September 9th, 2016 at a campaign fundraising event, which she used to describe half of the supporters of her opponent, Republican nominee Donald Trump, saying they're racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic. So basically it's like deplorables are like these hateful people. Um, I suppose like really right wing republicans and they're out pretty much primarily would be white um and just in general like not nice people but deplorables i think became this kind of because i couldn't even remember i like i wrote down beside deplorables i wrote down question mark donald trump because i was like yeah i think i feel like the way that it was like talked about in the media and i guess the the whole campaign was so messy i feel like it got to the point where i was like i think deplorables is like a negative thing that Donald Trump used, maybe. I don't know. But yeah. it was Hillary Clinton. It was not um, Trump, yeah. It was not. So her, basically their use of that word sort of tells us pretty quickly that they're like left wing and um, that they're like liberals or whatever. Um, and so the film basically just follows the like captives who are like being hunted, don't really know what's going on in the first place. Like they've been specifically picked we don't know why at the start. We just know they've been like specifically picked in some way and they get like flown to wherever the manor is what it's called, um, where they're going to be hunted. And it basically just follows that. Yeah. It's basically like the purge. It's like the purge with a bit of a mm-hmm. different purpose, like different uh, premise. Sorry. It's a bit of a twisted premise of the purge where it tries to yeah. be a bit more. I mean, the purge is very openly political, but I guess this tries to be, more it's maybe modern political. in terms of just like the divide yeah. between republicans and, and democrats and that's kind of yeah. the I thing the hunt like makes specific references like it's very much like a pointed um thing yeah of like using buzzwords using like these words snowflake quite a bit yeah that kind of thing um yeah they do whereas loads of stuff like that, yeah. like the purge i feel i haven't seen all of them I feel like I've seen two or three, maybe. And I really like The Purge. I think some of the films aren't the, the best, but I think the concept is so interesting. And I feel like The Hunt kind of had the same thing, where the concept is pretty interesting. I feel like... I think the problem it, where this has is sort of that it goes for a, a very, like, satirical, borderline comedy angle. And I feel like it would just be more interesting if it was, like, not pointed at any specific, like, political thing and was just, like... These people are hunting humans. Yeah. I think that would be more interesting. I mean, The Purge is... I, I like The Purge as well. I'm one of those people that also likes The First Purge. A lot of people don't really dislike The First One. I like it. I think it's good. The second one is better, and I haven't seen Free Floor. But um, generally, I, I like the concept as well. The thing about The Purge is it's it's a pretty serious film. Like, it's kind of funny, and it's kind of ridiculous. But, like, you know, it kind of keeps up that pretense of, of being... a. Uh, of being a horror film and kind of being, you know, it's about something like, you know, it's very overtly political in the same way maybe this is, but it's more focused on being a movie. Uh, the Hunt is, um, you know, it starts off being like, yeah, this is this is not serious. Like, they're, they're right off the bat. They're just like, yeah, it's just basically it's basically like a comedy 
right from the start. Um, and so, yeah, so that kind of, I think that may, brings out a lot of the issues, like kind of, I think that a lot of the issues come from the fact of how, um, yeah, how much that, you know, it kind of comes off as them not caring about it, I would say, to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but basically, um, I guess you kind of describe the whole film because there's not really a lot of <laughs> plot to this thing or anything, really. Yeah, um, not really. Like, when I started watching this, um, like, immediately, I think one of my first notes is like, is this like, it feels like a bunch of sketches. Like, it feels like a, you know, a scene and then another scene that's kind of similar but it's like it's just like a joke and then a joke it's like it's you're fucking watching snl with loads of gore in it and uh, and not a very good episode of snl i would say i didn't really find it particularly <laughs> funny um mm. a lot of the time I, I thought some bits were you know mildly entertaining maybe but it, it starts off yeah, it's one of those things yeah. where you know they're making they're trying to make some kind of a joke yeah. like joke so you can tell it's supposed to be comedy but it's just like not funny I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I, I laughed once. Some bits maybe a bit. I think I, like, laughed. I mean, it's very easy to make me laugh. And I only laughed. I remember only laughing <laughs> once. So that's probably not the best. But I did, like, I don't know. Some no. of it I found kind of at least, like, something, you know. Um, uh-huh. But, yeah, but the bigger problem is, like, you start watching it. And it's like, yeah, the first scene is, yeah, the, the text chain. You see the text chain. And it's just like, yeah, this kind of text about those deplorables and hunting them. And then we cut to a plane. And then we have like the first sketches about yeah like a like a uh, like a very uh, wealthy man on a plane, kind of being an asshole to the stewardess. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's just talking about caviar, okay, caviar or whatever. Caviar is that how you pronounce that? Caviar. 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 I mean, sorry. I feel like we could probably pronounce it both ways. I think it's caviar. Yeah. Caviar. The general pronunciation is caviar. Yeah, caviar. But yeah, he's like he's just being a dickhead. Uh, a lot of the humor is very bosh based in like um. See, I you know I'm the kind of guy who like likes the Judd Apatow stuff, and I found it like it was kind of important for me growing up when I was a teenager to watch all the Judd Apatow stuff. Um, and I still am in a lot of ways defending those films, and I think they did a lot of stuff. But, you know, every time a film does something like this now where a lot of the humor comes from just swearing and just general unpleasantness and, I guess, sexual innuendo, you kind of bring up Apatow because they did a lot of that kind of stuff. I think Apatow had a lot of substance in what he was doing, but but he also did a lot of, like, crude jokes. And, yeah, that's basically the humor in this. Like, everybody says fuck all the time. And, yeah, the guy on the airplane just says fuck a lot. And... I don't know. I guess it's kind of it's supposed to be funny. I'm not sure. Yeah, and it's the weird thing about this film as well is that like I don't know. It's you watch it and you're kind of like who? Because it's very distinctly representing like two different political ideologies. Yeah. And you're watching it like I don't know who they're supposed to like who they're trying to say like which side is this even coming from in the first place? Because it's like both. Maybe they're trying to be like we're both bad. Yeah. But it's just like. I don't know, it's just kind of weird because they're using, it's kind of, I feel like the satirized versions of the, like, left-wing people. And I mean, those versions do exist, but I feel like the representation of that is very much like a caricature. I feel like as is the right-wing. Yeah. But it's like, I don't think this serves either side well in the sense of, like, I don't think this is going to, like, help change any political divides. Not that it's necessarily attempting to, but, like, 
I don't know. It's just kind of nothing sat right with me because all of it was like so heavy handed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like constantly saying snowflake. Um, like, I don't know. It's using those, all those political buzzwords. It was just like, we, yeah, heavy handed is the word I would use for it. It's just like, yeah. really, it's like not letting me like escape from politics. Yeah. It's like, that's not why, that's specifically not why I watch a horror film. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I did hear like, before watching it i did hear opinions that it's more of a comedy than a horror film so that's kind of what i came in expecting so it wasn't like a surprise to me that this was very overtly comical and um i usually don't mind that you know it's not a bad thing for me i don't really mind i I like uh comedy horror i like gory comedies whatever you want to call it the weird thing the weird thing is that it like doesn't seem to self-identify as a comedy horror film at least, like, the Wikipedia calls it a horror thriller film. And I'm like, where's the comedy part? Like, this is very specifically, like, a comedy. Yeah. Well, I didn't do a lot of I research, but I did listen to, like, uh, an interview with Craig Zobel and, and, and Betty uh, Gilpin. Just to, I don't know, discuss, let's get a little bit of context. And he does mention Evil Dead 2 as an inspiration. So I think that's how he would classify it. Probably, like, a comedy horror. Um... And I see it, like I see what he means when he says Evil Dead 2. The the problem is Evil Dead 2 is a fucking masterpiece and nobody has ever managed to recreate this and this film is definitely doesn't understand why Evil Dead 2 works um, and this would not. Um, yeah, and part of it is in the beginning because it starts off, yeah, we have this text chain and then we have this scene on the plane which ends with like a guy coming out from the back of the plane and he's like really confused and then he gets murdered um, in a bunch of different ways, I guess. First with a pen, and then with a like a high heel shoe to the eye, which is kind of funny. Uh, quite like that little visual because yeah, they kind of yeah the heel kind of goes into his eye, and then they pull out the eye. It's a nice practical effect. It looks kind of funny. Um, but then yeah, those two scenes are this, and then you're just kind of thrown into the zone, and then kind of yeah, it starts. It's just like people shooting, everybody cursing, kind of chaos kind of emerges they they do a bit of a drew barrymore effect on it like drew barrymore and scream effect where they have emma roberts they show us emma roberts on the plane unconscious yeah um and then she's kind of the one that introduces us to everything like she's the first one we see wake up everyone wakes up gagged um we see her wake up we see her kind of approaching the situation and whatever navigating the situation at first yeah um there's like a crate in the middle of the field there's all these other gagged people like seeing each other. Um, someone goes up to the crate. They open it. A pig runs out for some reason. Um, and then there's like a stand with weapons yeah. on it. And they all kind of choose a weapon. And then suddenly there's rifles being shot at them. And we've and as I said, we've been following Emma Roberts for this. And then she's like, oh my God, that nearly hit me. Mm-hmm. And then she gets shot and she dies. Yeah, her head kind of explodes. So it's like... Emma Roberts kind of is, you know, a recognizable star and like one of the modern scream queens, I suppose. She was literally in the show Scream Queens. Um and she's a great actress. Yeah. And she's, great. she's killed off. Yeah, so I didn't doing even the whole thing where it's like, look, if Drew Barrymore can die, so can Emma Roberts. Yeah, I didn't even realize that it's that's like Emma Roberts, die. honestly. I uh I don't know. I just didn't even think of that, uh, for some reason. Uh, but this film is full of known people in like smaller roles and different kinds of roles, and I guess that's supposed to be part of the joke. And I kind of get it. But see, the problem with Scream is, yeah, Scream just does that, and it's like the opening scene, and it's like a cold open, um, and it's you know it's a very self-contained scene 
um, which is very exciting. Like, very, very exciting is underselling it. That fucking opening scene of Scream is, you know, it's like unlike anything else in cinema. You know, it's just it's amazing. Um, it's like you just start watching this film and this happens, and it's like it's. But yeah, but it's like it's because it's so well written. It's you know it's self-contained. It could be like a short film. It would work. You know, it doesn't need anything else. It's just like a story in and out of itself, and it's fun. And then it ties into the later thing. But what happens after that is, you know, it's another well-written story with different characters, and you know, you get to know them and stuff like that. This is different because it just kind of drops you in. It, it makes you feel like you have a character. It kills it off. Goes to another character. There's a guy next to her, and then we follow him for five minutes. Then he gets killed off, and then it's Ike. Uh, Baron Holtz, I think that's his name, right? And then we follow him. But, like, there's no structure to this. There's no narrative tension at all because we don't know anything about those people. And, yeah, you just see them for a little while and then they die and then there's another one. I don't know. There's, like, there's no point to doing it other than just to confuse you and make you feel like you're Mm -hmm. confused. Yeah, like, we don't build a relationship with any of them, really. Um the only relationship we have is the one with Emma Roberts where we might already know who she is and have an expectation that she's going to be the main star. Yeah. Um, But like in Scream you build a relationship with Casey before she's killed. Like the first 15 minutes or so are her. Yeah. And you're like seeing her go about her business etc. Whereas with Emma Roberts in this film she's just her her character's name is Yoga Pants. Um. But like she's just gagged for most of it. She doesn't say anything. Yeah. Then she speaks. She's the one who finds the key, and you're like, "Oh, she's smart. She finds the key to the gag." Um, is that smart? I don't know. It was on the fucking crate. <laughs> but that's the point. So no one else saw it, but she did. So it's like, oh, I guess she's like the smart one, or I don't know, the observant one, or whatever. Um. So that like sets her apart from everybody else, and then she gets killed. She gets killed, you know, and to kind of come back to... And it's not like a huge loss. No, I, I didn't care. I don't know. Her, her her head exploded and I was like, okay. Uh, I don't know. It's just... It, it, again, yeah, heavy-handed is maybe the right word because it felt very obvious to me what they're doing. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I kind of get it. You know, it's it's been 50 years since we did that, since Psycho... I mean, more. Fuck, how long has it been since Psycho? 70 years? 60 years? Whatever. Psycho was the first one to do that, right? And that was, like, the whole fucking thing of, you know, you go to see Psycho and they're supposed to, like, the, that was the film where everybody's like, don't fucking spoil it. And it was, like, on the posters, like, don't tell people what you saw because Psycho had, you know, Marion Crane dying in the middle of the film. But that's such a different thing because, yeah, Marion is a character and you get to know her and you watch the film and you're like, oh, cool, okay, Marion, and she gets the money and, you know, she kind of does a bad thing. But you have this relationship. And then in the middle of the film, she gets killed off. Spoilers for Psycho. <laughs> uh, in the shower. You might not know, but Marion Crane was killed in the shower. There's there's this scene in Psycho in the shower. In the shower? You've, you've heard, heard about that one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's such a punch in the face. Like I can't imagine how it must have felt like to watch this in the cinema in the 50s. And to see her die in such a gruesome way um, in the middle of the film that you were just watching it had to be like i kind of like i imagine that like the shower scene had to be so terrifying for people because they just didn't know what was happening because they couldn't believe that it was happening because that's not how films work 
because um, nobody mm. ever did that. So <laughs> you go into a film and then you know the film kills off your main character and like this this way, and you're like, Jesus Christ, what am I doing? It's just like it's not it's like <laughs> a lot of uneasiness in films comes from yeah subverting expectations or like just like yeah creating narrative tension, and you know it doesn't have to be gory, it doesn't have to be anything really. It just has to make you feel unsafe uh, because films are kind of a safe environment. You know, the structure, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen. And, you know, it's not about not doing that at all because that also doesn't work. It's, all, it's about doing it and changing it in a way that's going to affect you. And Psycho did that. Mm-hmm. But this is just structureless. This is just nothing. This is the other way around where, yeah, you go there, there's a scene in the plane, then you meet Emma Roberts, Emma Roberts dies. Oh, there's another guy. There's another sketch thing that happens with him, which is kind of different. He also dies. And it's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. At this point, I just, I didn't care much because I was like... Well, yeah, there's no real loss. Yeah, I'm just waiting for Betty to come in, right? That's kind of my thing of like, <laughs> okay, it's a, but maybe that's an intro, right? Maybe that's an intro mm-hmm. to the film. It's very jarring as well. Um, I think, uh, oh yeah, I was supposed to say about Evil Dead 2, sorry, just a quick one, that yeah, Evil Dead 2 is also a film that doesn't have much of a plot, right? It's about a guy going crazy in the house for half of it, and then it's about a bunch of people in the house getting murdered. It's those two things, not much else. Plot doesn't matter. But Evil Dead 2 has five, ten minutes of setup. And it's not, you know, it's it's just about them going to the house and talking for a little while, and and then it goes crazy and never never stops, and it's like this kind of roller coaster thing all throughout. But those five ten minutes of setups are, are are crucial. Like they're everything, you know. You just need them because there's there has to be something. You have to have something to go on. Like otherwise, it's just stuff. So Evil Dead Two has you know five minutes and then goes crazy. Um, you know, not even talking about how Evil Dead 2 is basically an experimental film and, like, you know, you could call it an artistic, you know, uh, there's so many things happening in that film that are technically marvelous. But, you know, like, on a structural level, the hunt just kind of starts. It's just, it doesn't have anything. It doesn't have any sort of buildup. It doesn't give you any sort of context. It doesn't give you any reason to care about anything, really. Um, and by the time it does, it's, like, halfway through the fucking film. It's, like, it's so late in the game that... I don't know. Like, why? Why would you even bother? Yeah, and at this stage, I feel like we've we've we don't we haven't built a trust with the film itself. So it's like, yeah, what's the point in paying attention if this person's just going to be killed off as another gag of like, haha, you thought? Yeah. So it's like, it's a it's weird. The pacing is weird, but also just like the decisions in the film are weird. Yeah. Um... I also feel like this came kind of at a pretty similar time to Ready or Not. Yeah. And, like, while not the same, they're quite similar. Like, the concept is quite similar. Like, it's both about hunting humans in some way. But it's, like, when you kind of consider this alongside Ready or Not, like, there's no comparison. There's no competition. Ready or Not's way better. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's a bunch of similar things, I think. There's a focus on a, a strong female character, you know. Uh, and, you know, Samara Weaving is, is also an amazing actress, and, and Betty is, I think, also really good. So they're trying mm-hmm. to make that kind of big, final girl kind of character the focus of the film throughout the whole film. So, like, make the Ash from Evil Dead a, a woman, which is great. I like it. Ready or Not does it really good. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. basically, like, it's also, like, comedy horror. It's also cheap. 
it's also political. Ready or not is also political. So there's lots of stuff. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty, yeah, you can compare them easily. But again, ready or not has a structure, has a setup, <laughs> has characters <laughs> you like, has people you can, you know, and um, yeah, and ready or not is, um, yeah, it's just it's like a well-made film. <laughs> I mean, this is just like a good movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it has a script. Like, it has an actual script with, like, acts <laughs> they, that make sense. They thought know. about it. They, they thought, thought about it, yeah. Like, it's like somebody it's like I've, somebody actually wrote it rather than, like, jotted down some scenes that they thought were funny. Um, They're like, haha, imagine, imagine if we flipped the political expectations. Yeah. But it's like, the thing is as well is that they don't flip them because it's like, I, don't, I just don't, I don't root for really either side. You root for Crystal. Um, but, I mean, then at the end, it's kind of inverted as to, like, it's like, well, this is why you were you were rooting for Crystal because she's actually like not even meant to be there. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, yeah, that's a good. So one. it's like, it's like, well, you didn't teach us anything then. Yeah, well, I don't know what you were gonna try and teach us in the first place, yeah. but it's like, I don't know. Yeah, we'll come back to the ending and what I think, how I think this film kind of shoots itself in the foot in general with what it's uh-huh. trying to say. But uh, yeah, even at this point, I feel like, um, yeah, it's just. I, to me, like I don't mind the political whatever, you know. I I'm all for making fun of both sides. That's great. The problem is like both of the sides here are are really low low hanging fruit. You know, it's not like uh-huh. it's it's like the easiest. There's nothing jokes. intellectual about it. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. really the easiest jokes you can make about you know both the liberals and the conservatives. You know, the liberals are, oh, you know, they're very sensitive about everything. Oh, that's funny, right? Um, they 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 care about you know gender whatever uh and they talk about this all the stuff the and, environment and the environment and they're hypocrites haha <laughs> because yeah we all do that and it's like okay well yeah i get that you know that's i guess true to a degree in a lot of cases you know there's a lot of this stuff going on but i don't know can't you find something like a bit more substantial to make fun of like you know um i i think there's stuff going on in the liberal landscape that's more you know it's more serious than this and you can poke poke fun of and satirize and you know make you know i don't know just it's a bit more effort like you know everybody can see that yeah. kind of thing that you know exactly it's like the there's sort of the the i don't know what's the term that they use for the, like woke yeah culture it's basically i think i wrote it down somewhere just like they're basically like no i have no idea where I wrote it, but it was like these the characters who are like um the rich people are like hyper woke and there's yeah. There's an element of like the 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 stark comparison here is that the left the left wing is like really wealthy, primarily white, um, primarily male, um, young people or yeah. you know relatively young people, and then the and like clearly like quite well educated, and then the right side is like a mixture of genders, though I think still primarily male, um. But I think there's a few more women yeah. uh, compared to the other side. Um, they're more of a range in ages. They're all also white. Um, yeah. And they're all like, for the most part, like quite clearly less educated. So it's like, you're yeah. you're not, there's not much of a like, I don't know, there's not, there's no intelligent like divide or differences they've really made to anything we've already seen and expected it's like yeah okay the the really wealthy people and are, are more educated and thus they feel this way and then it's like yeah I don't know, it's and they, as you said it's like low-hanging fruit they've yeah. not really 
they've not really made any um crazy claims or you know yeah and you know the liberals are one thing i think it's easy to make those jokes but i feel even worse for the right wing in this in this film because i feel like i don't know i i guess the the film the 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 film is trying to make a point that both sides have a very simplified version of how the other side looks like right and i guess that's kind of the point the film is trying to make but it makes the same jokes about those right-wing people that those liberals would make and yeah there are jokes about like yeah the immigrants or whatever or say or you know uh, a right-wing guy calling uh a guy with brown skin a bunch of racist arabic names it's it's, you know it's this kind of stuff and it's like yeah like what kind of joke is that (laughs) like it's not very funny is it it's like, yeah, it, you know, the right wing guys, like, you know, again, the right wing is so full of crazy shit, you know, and there's so much things you can pull out from there and why people feel that way. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff behind it, but this film is just not really committed to that. Yeah. And similarly, the, the left wing, they also write them in the way that the right wing would make jokes about them. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, Oh, one of them says guys and it's like did you just say guys and it's like sorry I gendered it and it's like these are the exact jokes one another would be making about each other like you're not it's, who wrote this like well, who wrote this I, well what if, like, I'll, I'm gonna spoil that but the biggest twist of this film for me <laughs> was the final credits and finding out that two people wrote this screenplay it was written, it was written by two people Two separate people wrote this thing and they were both like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> They're like, yeah, that's good. Done. I think, that. that's, I think we can. We don't need another draft of that. This is this no, is this perfect. is the draft. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was a one drafter. Um, I wouldn't really be surprised, honestly. Yeah, me neither. It's just not not great. And it really like it really could have been good, but I think even the way that they approached like the hunt in the first place like the concept of it yeah it's boring yeah it doesn't make sense yeah that's another yeah that's another thing about the script it just doesn't make any sense yeah so we we kind of dropped that was a glitch try again in a few seconds jesus christ that was really loud by the way (laughs) it was sorry Oh boy. Uh, yeah. So um, no. So we get dropped into the field, and we have this whole like killing thing going on. There's yeah. That box in the middle reminded me of like a Fortnite scenario. I don't know, like a kind of one of those battle royale <laughs> games, like when they drop. It describes itself. The film describes itself as a battle royale. Yeah, but that's an yeah. But battle and royale was a film. But battle royale is a <laughs> fucking film. <laughs> it's not like what are you even saying it's yeah the whole idea comes from a film that i i don't know maybe it was also based on something i'm not sure have you ever seen that film i am not a big fan of it but it's pretty me good neither, no. me neither no i haven't <laughs> okay. i said me neither is that you said you hadn't seen it no i, I, I have seen it at um, some point. no i haven't seen it uh i think I it's uh i don't want to i don't want to jinx it but it is an asian film um i think it's japanese but i'm not sure so let me double check I think it is Japanese. Um, yeah, it's from it's from the year two thousand, uh, as the song would say. Uh, it is a Japanese <laughs> film, and it's by Kenji uh, Fukasaku. Um, yeah, and it's it's basically what we know the battle royale genre today, I guess, through the games, which is yeah, it's a bunch of it's about a bunch of school kids being uh, t- taken to like a um, like a boarding school. 
and it turns out that the boarding school is a fucking place where everybody kills each other and like the last student standing is like the winner or whatever it's a it's a really out there concept it's really bloody really gory really out there it's kind of fun i i was not a big fan of it yeah, but i think it's worth fun. A, a watch so yeah i don't know how is it like yeah it's a battle royale like that's a it's just a film that was a film that was made 20 years ago like you can't just do say that <laughs> you can just do that yeah if you watch um, that film first yeah, you know instead of playing <laughs> Fortnite. <laughs> also they've said so their poster the theatrical release poster says the most talked about movie of the year is one that no one's actually seen is it the most talked about movie of the year i don't think so they what did, year they did talk about it a lot you know the thing about this film is um it did have like yeah the release schedule was yeah really a mess they couldn't release that first and they couldn't really then they released it the second time got into a mess another thing was that donald trump tweeted about this film and made kind of a big deal about it and so it had this kind of aura of controversy around it when it was coming into the theaters which i honestly don't think that uh, they were trying to do i think it just kind of happened by itself um mm-hmm. but it was good for the film you know it's that, i guess that kind of film uh, yeah, the film would have probably done like given that whole thing and given the political as- aspect <laughs> aspect of it, it probably would have done really well in cinemas. Yeah, if it weren't for the fact that a global pandemic happened at the same yeah. time. and you know, um, but it was like one of the two big releases that during the pandemic kind of went streaming and made a bit of money. This one and The Invisible Man, which also maybe we'll talk about maybe at some point. Sorry, because I would like to do that because, yeah, because those are the two big horror films that kind of were supposed to release, didn't release, and they actually did streaming very quickly instead of trying to release them some some other time. And, um, yeah, so I think that was just the thing that people watched because they were bored because they didn't have anything to do. So the kind of the cunt comes in and it's like, you know, it's supposed to be a fun time. I think that was the thing about this film is that, yeah, you kind of watch it and it's fun. So you can watch it at home in your living room and kind of have a popcorn or whatever and just kind of relax. And I guess... This it, film wasn't fun. But it's not very fun, no. But but that's, that's because it's not <laughs> good. But I guess the it's hard is in the right place. Like, it's trying to be fun, I guess. Yeah. Um. There's it a lot of gore. Do a and the gore yeah. is sometimes okay. It's But again, it's like, it's one of those things where because it's not serious at all, it's kind of hard to... It doesn't have the same impact, so I don't know. It's like if you if you would if you would make it a little bit less cartoony, just a little bit less, then I think it would actually be better because some of the more like out there scenes would hit you more and would be funnier and more effective. But because this thing starts off with the whole eye thing, and then yeah, and then the first battle in the field has like you know. A lady losing her whole bottom half and still talking and being impaled on like spikes or whatever and like all this kind of shit. I don't know. You just kind of get desensitized to it. It's just kind of. It's like yeah, it's too much, too quick. Yeah, it's really yeah. There's no build up to it. It just kind of happens, and then you're like, okay. Yeah. And then when people explode, you're like, oh yeah, people people explode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that happens. A lot of people explode in this film. It's like it's not effective once. It doesn't work even once. Yeah, exactly. Because we've already been desensitized. We've already seen an eyeball. Yeah. It's like the first thing we see. You have see to, what else. You have to pull like a fucking scanners, you know. You have to do what Cronenberg did in scanners, you know. Scanners starts. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a conference. It's not much of a spoiler because this this is such a big gif in the internet world. 
But yeah, scatter starts, <laughs> and you're like, you're at a you're at a press conference, whatever. Some person talks about someone, and uh, yeah, and a guy head the guy's head explodes into a fucking million pieces within like a minute of this film. It's like literally the first scene of the film is this guy head explodes, and nothing like this ever happens throughout the whole film. But that's a way to kind of gain your attention because you start watching it's like, what mm. the fuck was this? How, what like where does this even come from? But this doesn't even have that because it's like, yeah, the the first head explosion is kind of off camera, and then I don't know. It's like uh, it's just like they didn't think about that. I don't know. It feels like it's yeah, not with it being tested. off camera as well. With it, with it being off camera, it's, you you then you're like, okay, so someone's like people's head can explode in this film. Like that expectation is set, so when it happens, you're not super shocked. Yeah, you're like, yeah, okay, that's happened already. I just didn't see it. Um, yeah, so, okay, right, so let's, let's talk, like, there's not much plot, so let's just get through it, I guess, uh, at this point, so after the, the, after the field, a few of them escape, uh, Ike, uh, who is, I think his character is called Staten Island, is kind of the leader of this little group of free people, Mm -hmm. and they escape, and they go to a gas station, they have a little talk with the gas station people, uh, but it turns out they're also liberals, and they murder them. Um, yeah, and it's called it's a mom and pop store, and it's literally just called like mom and pop's store. That scene is kind of fun. I I was into it until the liberals kind of came out as liberals and started talking, and I found that yeah, mm-hmm. again very boring and kinda stupid, stupid. Um, yeah. because they're yeah, that's just yeah, they just talk about. There's like a whole there's like a conversation about gun rights where. I don't know, something, someone says something about a gun, he's like, you know, put the gun down. Um, you, I don't want you to, like, accidentally fire it or something, because yeah. you're quite worked up. And then um, Staten Island is like, I have seven guns. I know how to work a gun. And then they're like, why? And then he's like, why? And they're like, why do you have seven guns? And he's like, because it's my right. And then she's like, but isn't this what these people are doing? They're just exercising their right. And it's just like, what is this? Yeah, it's, it's not like much some... of a conversation, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's not well written. It doesn't sound like a real conversation anybody would have. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. Funky. It's not the best. And uh, I'm a fan of Ike, Brian Holtz. I think he's a comedic presence and he doesn't have anything to do in this at all. Yeah. But he, his, he, he reminded me of, though, because one of the first films I watched in lockdown was Blockers. And uh, he's in that, and he's really good at blockers. So yeah, that kind oh, of that one with John Cena in it. Yeah, John Cena and uh, Leslie Mann and and Ike are are all together, and they're yeah parents oh. trying to stop their daughters from having sex on prom night. Um, Classic. And it's a lot better than the premise would tell you. Honestly, it's it's a pretty good film. It's not the best, but it's it's a fun time. Yeah, it it looks pretty decent. Yeah, um, I think I've seen like the trailers and it looks okay. Yeah, it's kind of fun. And that was one of the first films I watched in lockdown. And I remember it, and that was uh, that was such a stressful time. <laughs> it just reminded me of that time. <laughs> just seeing his face, I was like, Jesus! That watching that film, I just remember being so uneasy and not knowing what's going on. Ugh. Yeah. But anyways, I he dies now. <laughs> He's dead. He's dead. Yeah, he dies. Someone dies. Someone eats a donut. Um, and then she starts choking so the donut was like poisoned um, then there's a bit where so they're all dead they get rid of the bodies they clean up um, and then the the man the, like the pop I don't know he takes a bottle of soda takes a sip and then his wife is like no it's poison 
and he spits it out and he's like, you poisoned the soda? And she's like, there's um, this many grams of sugar in that. And it's like, what? Why? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a sketch. That. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a sketch. It's not a... Um... Yeah, it's just, and it's not even, again, like you said, it's not even a good one. Yeah, it's not the best it's one. It's just though. a stupid one. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's just kind of boring. It's it would have just been there. funnier. It, it would have been funnier if they just cut it being like, that's poison. But they were like, we have to make a joke about how they don't like sugar. Hee <laughs> hee. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't think you did need to make that joke, to be honest. Yeah. So that's when I was kind of starting to lose attention. But then, uh, Betty uh, Gilpin comes into play and she, she comes into the gas station as well, and she wants to buy some cigarettes, and she kind of asks around, and she's got a mean southern accent, like really fucking deep southern accent. Um, I really mm-hmm. liked it. I thought it was really cool. I don't know. I don't know much about accents, but I, I for me, that kind of sounded like, yeah, very over-the-top American kind of thing, and I thought it sounded cool. Yeah, it was good. And her facial expressions are very weird in this film. She's very um, specific. like Surly. She- surly yes oh, that's a good word. yeah like moody and angry yeah she's got like little ticks and things like yeah just things kind of happen in her face which i thought was fun uh and yeah basically <laughs> she wants to buy cigarettes she she takes out some money and when she gets the change she realizes that they're not in arkansas as they as the people in the gas station said because our cigarettes there are a lot cheaper and she murders them basically um mm-hmm. which is pretty fun it's okay yeah Okay. That's kind of fun. I was like, yeah, she's thinking. Yeah, so something happens there. Um, then, yeah, and then the film starts fucking... Then, then, uh, then just a bunch of things happened in the succession that makes no sense to me. It's just, at this point, <laughs> it starts being like, yeah, just a thing after a thing. It's just like somebody's writing this, you know, as they go on. It really feels really yeah. out of place. Um, they, she like goes to the car that's outside the gas station and she pulls off the Arkansas's um, license plate and it's like, I think it's a Hungarian license plate. That's what license I thought. Plate. I was like, is that Hungary? That's what I thought. And then thought. later in the film, later in the film, they're like, we're in Croatia. And it's like, but the license plate. Yeah, it's it's weird to me because I don't know if the film itself doesn't know where it takes place because it certainly feels that way. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I think it's also just a thing of like, the film is unreliable in its facts and in its information and everything else. So it's like, they say it's in Croatia or Croatia. I don't know if I believe them. Who am I supposed to believe? I believe the license plate knows where it is. And I know like in Europe, cars can travel around more easily for the most like mainland Europe. But what's the purpose? Why do they have a Hungarian car? Like there's no logical reason why that needed to be a thing. Does Hungary come into it? Like, I don't know. Uh, Could they not afford a Croatian license plate? There's so many questions. It's uh, yeah, and the film I think tries to make it a point of like, oh, it doesn't matter. But then why do you spend so much time on all this? Because yeah, then, yeah exactly. Because then she teams up with another guy, um, and then he comes over and they shoot Gary. a drone or whatever. Yeah, his name is Gary. Whatever they shoot a drone. She so... shoots the drone. Yeah. And then the drone is what they use to, like, track them. He shoots the drone, and she's like, now they know where we are. Because we shot the drone, and they yeah. knew where the drone was, etc. So then they leave, and they go walk along a train track. They get onto the um, they get onto the moving train. And it's, again, that thing of, like, um, Betty, who we learned they call her Snowball. 
Snowball, like, just knows everything. Like, she knows how much cigarettes cost in Arkansas. She had the wiseness to rip off the license plate off the car. She had the wiseness to check if there was a trap. She knows when a train goes slowest on a curb. Like, she just knows everything. And it's like, well, it's all very convenient. Yeah. It's it's really... But Emma um, Roberts couldn't move her head a little bit to the right. And it's over. Time to not be shot. Yeah. You know, it's the thing of, you know, in Your Next, for example, which is another one of those kinds of films, there's like an explanation of why this happens. And, you know, there's a backstory for the main character having like, uh, you know, survival training. Um, mm. And, you know, Your Next is written in a way where that kind of makes sense. And it's kind of, it's also like the, the way this information is handled is fun. And, you know, you also like the character first, then shit goes down. And you're like, oh, she's actually pretty good at this. And then you find out why as time goes on. And you also find out more about why, <laughs> how those people didn't know about it at all and why this is a problem. Yeah. And, you know, it's a fun dynamic and makes sense. And you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. And this one is like... And we, yeah. we, and we kind of... I don't think we ever... Like, we learn something about Snowball. But I don't think we learn anything that satisfies the question of, like, why does she know everything? Because she's, she's a Mary yeah. Jane. She's completely a Mary Jane. It's like, she just knows everything. She's perfect. She yeah. knows everything. Yeah. She can tackle any situation. Yeah. And it's the same thing of, like, in your, in, um, your next, I feel like there's a there's a reason... You, you find out the reason why everything's happening. Spoiler alert, we don't really find out why any of this is happening. We get a re- we get, like, we're given a reason, and it's not satisfactory at yeah. all. Yeah, all right, so uh, let's, let's get It's like, it. that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, that's okay. true. Um, <laughs> so they go, and they find some train tracks, and they get on the train. Um, that's the part where I stopped kind of paying attention a little bit, because it was kind of boring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty fair. So, yeah, so they kind of get on the train, and on the train, there's a bunch of people who look like refugees, I guess. Refugees, yeah. Um, Gary, the the right-wing guy, uh, starts screaming at them and telling that this is definitely a setup, and they're trying to prove a point or something like that. Uh, He accuses them of being crisis actors. Yeah, and... Have you ever heard of a crisis actor? No, tell me about it. It's it's a conspiracy theory that I don't think is exclusively... um, right wing okay it's a conspiracy theory i've heard just generally dotted around um that like news channels have so the crisis actors accusation in this context doesn't even make sense um so it's also just a weird thing of like they found out this thing and they didn't read up about it they just decided to put it in there as another buzzword um but a crisis actor is something that is a made-up concept it's a conspiracy theory but it's also honestly like when you watch videos of like compilations and stuff it is quite convincing okay. um but it's basically the concept that like news channels and those kind of things like have hire like specific crisis actors to like act at the scene of a crime or like a tragic event or a terrorist attack anything like that okay they hire these people to like act like they're in distress and that they're part of the crisis okay. they might interview them sometimes um and there's basically videos, say, on YouTube of compilations where it's like shows someone at the scene of one thing, shows them at the scene of another thing. And it's like this same person is involved in all of these different crises. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so it's like an interesting conspiracy theory. Again, don't think it's explicitly like a right wing or a left wing thing. I think it's just one of those conspiracy theories people like to talk about. So it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It also like crisis actors are accusing these refugee family of being crisis actors doesn't even 
make sense. Like, it's really yeah. like they heard about crisis actors and they were like, we don't need to do research. Let's just put it in. Also, I don't really get, like, where are they supposed to be immigrants from? Like, I would think that if it's America, then there would be Mexicans, right? Or whatever, trying to illegally cross the border. Who are those people well, supposed to be on this train? Well, the thing is, as well, is that this these are... We learn in the next few minutes, which is why it's fine for me to say it now, um, that one of the guys there is actually not a refugee. Yeah. Um, he is one of the people hunting yeah. the other people um, but the other people he says are actual like genuine refugees so it, it's the I think that they would be Turkish or something because the Middle East is quite close to Europe well, specifically yeah Turkey sure yeah in closer. terms of Croatia or Hungary or whatever that makes sense loads <laughs> of refugees in, in Hungary for sure but how does that make sense in America? In terms of him accusing them? but that's I mean that's the point is that I think that's one of those Donald Trump things of like, oh, because he did the he did the Muslim ban where he banned like refugees, immigrants, travelers from Middle Eastern countries, um, yeah. like Arabic countries. That like, so. Well, the I thing don't I, I don't mean, I get guess... is why they would be on a train because it's America. <laughs> so like, because it's a America doesn't have trains. No, because it's like if if they're coming from the Middle East, or they're like I don't know Turkish or. Syrian or you know any other country that has loads of uh, refugees like why, why would they go like they need to get to America so they're probably going to get on a boat or you know I don't know the, the, I mean yeah the point of I think it would be like I mean I've never luckily I'm quite fortunate I've never been a refugee yeah but I th- I mean I think that it's, it's one of those things if you need to escape from something you're going to use whatever means possible but i think it's also there is just like like you said it wouldn't even make sense for someone to like risk like um being a refugee or like i guess illegally immigrating might be what you'd call it i don't really know like it wouldn't make any sense to try and risk doing that to america when it's like you're closer and it's more accessible to try and get to somewhere in europe yeah exactly that's why Um, i would i would think they're mexicans because it makes sense like in terms of the location that they would try to escape I think there. it's I think it's supposed to and I, I the thing is I don't even know if the film is intelligent enough to have like thought this through yeah. but I guess it's just referring to kind of the idea that like a lot of um people from like Arabic countries would like try to illegally get into the country um, there's also the narcissism that America has where it's like we're yeah. the best place ever everyone wants to be here we're gonna save everyone but like also we don't want to but like we could if we wanted to yeah um but I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. But I'd imagine, again, if you were going to have to seek asylum, technically, if you, for some reason, America was the only place you could go to, or it was like the most viable place for you, maybe you had family there. Who knows? Yeah. You'd find, like, you'd find a way if it's, you know, either if it's being like killed in a war torn country versus like trying to get somewhere. Yeah. There's boats. There's, you could probably legally fly somewhere. Yeah, exactly. You could fly. Maybe. I don't really know. Maybe so, you can't. Yeah, so I, if... I guess if you're trying to escape, the, the idea is kind of that like they wouldn't want you to leave in the first place so maybe like I, I mean the way it works is usually there's like you know you can get buses you can you get onto like freight trucks or like cargo trucks and they get you one place to another you get on a ferry again it's like all different going to different places yeah it just I, I don't know I guess for me it just feels unlikely that this would be a, a, a thing you see in America uh in that particular way like you know it's it's very unlikely maybe it happens sometimes but it's like 
Mm-hmm. It makes sense in Europe, but uh, I don't, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. But again, I feel like it's also just a thing of like I don't even know if it makes sense in Europe because like that does happen, but I feel like it happens at a bigger scale. Like usually, it's usually someone organizes it, someone gets money, like someone organizes it, gets paid, they have access to different like passports, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're able to get people through different places. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like one little family traveling doesn't make much sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it happens again. Choice. I'm sure again. I'm sure it happens because I, yeah. I, when you get, to, I'm sure that's true when you're getting across the sea. Then yeah, those are big groups of people with somebody leading them, uh, trying to get to a place, uh, and it's it's a tragic thing. A lot of those people die. You know, it's a very dangerous thing to do to kind of get a bunch of shitty boats and, and try to get from one country to another through sea. But yeah, but yeah, it's generally being an immigrant is, is a terrible fucking uh, thing. It's really scary, and yeah, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a big topic. So it's really not cool that this film is doing this in that way. I think because it's like yeah, it's just a fucking throwaway thing in the middle of this film, um, and it makes no sense, and it's just doing it as a joke and it's stupid. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, it's like it's just for the for the sake of a joke, and then it's like haha. Look, they've been pulled over by they've been found by the army and now these person being these people are being put into a camp. Haha, <laughs> this is so funny. Let's forget about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We're gonna now just talk to the Americans. And the Americans, since they're American, it's fine. They'll get looked after. Yeah. Um and they, I mean to be fair, they don't. But you know, the concept is kinda like, Oh yeah, we'll call the American embassy. The American embassy will be saved. Or it will come save them, it's fine. But like fuck all the other Yeah, immigrants. exactly. Those immigrants who are fuck probably gonna refugees. get imprisoned and it's gonna be terrible for them. Like, yeah, that's not mm-hmm. the fun spot. Fuck them. Yeah, so basically um, they got off yeah, the train. So and, one of them, yeah. one of the guys, the the guy who was like basically trying to negotiate by by just speaking Arabic, I guess, um, to Gary, who is just being racist, um, yeah. to him, he's trying to reason with him again in Arabic. So like, the, I I don't know, I didn't have subtitles on. I don't know if they translated it, but whatever. Um, I don't then remember. they get off. There, pardon. I don't remember. Sorry, I just I had subtitles on. And I don't remember. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I've had that before where like I've watched a show and one of the main characters, um, it wasn't a good show, so I didn't continue watching it, but, um, one of the main characters was Korean mm. and when they spoke, the subtitles just said, speaks Korean. Mm, that's helpful. And I was like, the, what, what's she saying? Some people, and I mean, some films I, do that because they don't want you to know what they're saying. Yeah. I think that there was a point of like, and I I was like, yeah, I guess there's the whole element of like, she is speaking Korean and no one understands her and she's really frustrated because like she can't get her point across. Yeah. She can't be understood, etc. But also I was like, okay, but if you're going to make her a, like a main character, I feel like at some point you're going to need to let her voice actually be heard. Yeah. Um. Even if like the point is like, even if I just know what she's saying, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> um. <laughs> but, but yeah, so she, they get off and gary is like being like they're just actors they're not real whatever they're trying to hunt us i don't know and then the army walks away and um yeah and then the guy who was speaking in arabic is like i don't think they believe you gary and i mean that's quite funny them just like the fact that he switched into english yeah in like a very american accent and everything like that was funny i guess um but so then it turns out that like he's one of the guys doing the hunting but he's like listen i'll let you get a head sc- a head start yeah it's fine but then gary just like puts um a grenade in his crotch in the the guy's crotch ha 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 
hilarious. It was hilarious. The guy explodes. He's dead. It was so funny. Let's move on to the next scene. Um, <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. literally it. <laughs> that's that's it. Guy blows up. Yes, that's the punchline. All right, so we get to the camp, and at this point, I'm really confused, um, because yeah, Betty talks to the, the army people, and they're like, yeah, they kind of figure out they're in Croatia, and I'm like, okay, great, thanks for that film. Uh, that's very really, <laughs> very helpful on the side of the film to tell me that it's like. Ah, whatever. Um, yeah, and basically, um, yeah, basically, they uh, they introduce her to another guy who's who's also there, and he's supposed to be hunted. And I don't remember what his name is. What's his name? I can check. Don. It. Don. Yeah, his name is Don. It's he's Don. supposed to be like yeah. So yeah, the other hunted guy was rescued. So they hang out in the camp for a little while, and then comes the guy from the embassy. Uh, he's supposed to be from the embassy. Spoiler alert: he's not. And uh, spoiler alert: his he's played by Macon Blair, who's here for some reason. Um, and I mean, the thing is, is like I was saying, it's it, the it doesn't make sense that Snowball would like not recognize immediately. And maybe maybe we're supposed to believe that like she was just like, okay, yeah, I'll get in the car because that way I'll have an out of this camp. Because I'm not going to be let out of here with no papers, etc. But again, we don't know if that's really what she was thinking or if she just had a moment where she was stupid. Because this movie doesn't tell us anything. Yeah, <laughs> It never gives us any information that we need. I think it presumes that we don't need the information. But then, if you don't need the information, then what's why are you watching a film? What's the point of the information then? It's like, yeah, I feel like it's, it's sort of, it kind of... Yeah, it feels like it's it's kind of that thing of like, listen, if there's information that we don't need to explicitly know, then it may as well not exist. What's the point of it being there if it doesn't matter? Um, so they get into the car with this guy anyway, um, and he's you know being kind of sus. He's like, you know, do you think maybe there's a reason that you're being hunted? Like, it's pretty personal, isn't it? And then um, Snowball just kind of grabs onto the handle bar thingy that the car that cars have. I don't know what they're called. Um, and she moves and she just like legs, brings her legs in the air and she kicks um, Macon Blair and then opens the yeah. door, throws him out of the car, gets in the driver's seat, reverses over his head and another head explodes. It, it doesn't explode. Sound, it yeah. just, you know, wow. cr- crunches. Yeah. And then, that... and then Don is like, ah! Don is freaking out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then they, I think that's when we have the, the Jackrabbit story, right? For some reason. Yeah, so she tells this long, she tells this long story about like some, I feel like it's it's some version of the, she's like, my mom used to tell me this story and it's some version of the, the um, tortoise and the hare. Mm-hmm. Some version of, of that, um, like, Aesop fable um but it's like and then in the end the 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 tortoise or the turtle won and he was like yeah i did it and then the hare goes to his house and he knocks in the door and he kills all his family and he eats his dinner um and i guess that's supposed to give us some kind of a moral of the, i don't know we're supposed to be like oh yeah she's the tortoise i don't know she's yeah the <clears throat> This it could have just not. Uh, been. I agree with that. I guess it's supposed to be like this kind of cool thing. I don't know. It's not very cool. It's just kind of long. Yeah, it takes a while for her to tell that story. She tells it well, but it's like kind of. I don't know. I don't think it has the impact they think it has because you kind of. 
You kind of expect them to get like that pretty quickly. Yeah. Especially when you've written a a bad film. (laughs) Yes. Um... Also, they when they the Donna's like head like maybe he was actually gonna save us etc. Um, this is the one time I laughed oh, yeah. actually. Except maybe I didn't laugh. I maybe just laughed in my brain. Um, but uh, Snowball goes and opens the boot, the trunk of the car, and Gary, Gary's dead body is in the 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 boot of the car, and then Don says Jesus. And Snowball says, "No, that's Gary." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's your kind of joke. That gave me a chortle. What do you mean? That's my kind of joke. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> um, it was funny. It was stupid. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, there was also a lunchbox in the back of the car that said "bribe money." Oh yeah, I haven't seen that. That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> bribe money. Wow. Okay. Cool. Um, which again is just that kind of thing of being like, haha! If if the liberals were doing the crime, they would be organized and they would be sustainable, and their bribe money would be in the lunchbox labeled bribe money. So smart. Who were they bribing? I guess the I guess the, the army, bribe, the camp. I yeah. don't know. I guess it's really weird. I I don't know. Like that whole thing is on. Un- it's never explained, and who cares. All right, so then we go to the bunker because that's where the liberals are hiding. That's where they were shooting the people. And we have a scene where the liberals are being mm-hmm. stupid with each other. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're basically just being really irresponsible and walking around and arguing about stuff. And there's one army guy with them that kind of trained them that's really annoyed with everything they're doing because they're stupid. <laughs> and um, He's their yeah, consultant. Yeah, their consultant. Yeah, whatever. Whatever that means. And... Um, in this context. Yeah, basically, so the, the um, Crystal's and, and Don's plan is, I guess, to drop a pig in there and then kill them. I don't know. One of them <coughs> one of them goes to pee and Don, he turns around and Don yeah. is there and Don goes, he's holding the pig yeah. and he goes, hey, is this your pig? And then Snowball um, slits the yeah. guy's throat. And then they throw the pig in the bunker, yeah. The p- yeah, and the pig like catches everybody off guard, and they're like, ah! And they're like shooting at the pig, because they're like, they haven't been trained well by their consultant, yeah. evidently. Um, and then Snowball comes to the, the door and goes, hey, bitch, and starts shooting them all. Yeah. Um, and then, and then there's fun, like a... I guess. There's some kind of an... Inten- yeah, the hey, bitch yeah. was kind of a fun line. I don't know who she was yeah. talking to, but it was fun. Um, and then they're all—I guess they're all dead now. Yeah. Um, and and then there's a whole thing of like, is Don a part of it? And they're like, there there's some kind of thing of like, there's Athena over the radio, and she's like, Don, do this. And then Don's like, I'm not part of it. And then we're just watching it like, is Don a part of it? And guess what? We never find out. Like the main question is. Why would you care if Dodd is a part I of it or not? Like, what's the difference <laughs> is the main question. Exactly. But the thing is, we never we never find out. And it doesn't seem like it's important yeah. anyway. I am inclined to believe that he wasn't, like, wasn't supposed to be one of the hunted. Because um, 
Snowball, who we learn her name is Crystal. I hate calling her Snowball. Her name is Crystal. And Crystal goes to Athena's house and there's pictures of all of the hunted, the people that they're going to hunt on the wall. And I don't think there's a picture of Dawn. I feel like that might be, like, that's supposed to be our answer. But it, like, again, wasn't satisfactory if that was the answer as to whether or not Dawn was involved. Um, I think it's just the thing of, yeah, what's the what's the difference? Like, I just don't care, you know, whatever. She shoots Don, he's dead, and I'm yeah. like, okay. <laughs> Great. Yeah. We also, in the interim, learn, I guess, that Crystal was in Afghanistan. Yeah, she she has a talk with the, the other guy who's the consultant. The consultant. Yeah, which I guess is supposed to kind of explain why she's so good at everything. It didn't. Yeah, it's just a little um, thing, yeah. For the record. Um... um and, and then, then she cries for some she reason. What? Not sure why. She what? She, she does? Cries. She cries. Oh. Yeah. There's tears. I don't know. She wipes her eyes. I don't know why she's crying. Uh, it doesn't seem like a very emotional moment at all. Um, then when the, we get a flashback to one year ago. And That's it's where I got really annoyed. Athena, who's the CEO. That's where I got really yeah, she, annoyed. Athena, like, I wrote... I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um... Well, my note says flashback to last year wow screenwriting 101 cunts i was really upset <laughs> i was like it's halfway through the film don't be doing this this is like rule number one it's more than halfway it's like don't it's nearly don't the cut end. one year earlier one hour into the movie and then do another flashback to eight months earlier 10 minutes later that is the worst thing you can do any screenwriting class you go to they're gonna be like don't do it and the worst thing is the one year later like the, the flashback we're getting is just like a recapitulation of the text thread that we saw at the start so it's like i don't know if we needed this exposition because we didn't even learn that much from yeah. it so it's like we also learned that athena is hillary swank um, they decided this was the right time to reveal her identity after withholding it as opposed to like maybe in a confrontation with Crystal. Yeah. They're like, no, let's just show her in an office. It'll be fine. Um, and she's, they're talking about some, someone called Martin got exposed for some reason. Um, she's CEO of the company. They're talking about the text thread and they read it out and it's reading out the text that we have already heard where she says like, Can't. I did write down the text. So the text says... At least the hunt is coming up. Nothing better than going out to the manor and slaughtering a dozen deplorables. Um, so they read out that text and she's like, it's a joke. And there's basically this whole thing of like, there's like rumors that Athena and I guess her friends go to this, go to her manor in Vermont and they murder a lot of people for sport. They hunt people for sport. And, and there's, she's like, it was a joke that obviously we don't do that. It's ridiculous. Like, who thinks this? And she, I guess, get, gets a list of the people who think that. And then she and a fancy house with all of her friends who we see are the people we've seen in the bunker. They're all, and the people from the mom and pop shop, they're all just going over. Oh, and the refugee. Uh, I have an itchy leg. Those people are all just <laughs> sitting, watching a PowerPoint presentation or whatever, of all of the different people who have, like, posted, I guess, on Reddit about Manorgate is what it's called, which is the whole thing that Athena hunts people for sport. And they're deciding whether or not they're going to hunt them. Yeah. And, uh, That's basically it. 
That's it. Um, like, that scene has... Well, again, what's the point? We don't learn what she's the CEO of. Yeah, no. Like, we don't know what her business is. Again, it doesn't matter because nothing in this yeah. film matters. It's true. Um, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, at this point in the film, I guess I just didn't care anyway because it was I was kind of out of it. But um, that scene did bring the only laugh for me, I guess, <laughs> which is the conversation that Megan has with the guy who later impersonates the refugee. And they're talking about that whole scenario. Mm. And I think, yeah, they're like... Uh, the first thing they say is like, oh, we have this... Uh, yeah, we're going to do this thing with the refugees. And somebody says, well, that's a very racist idea, don't you think? And Macon Blair's like, well, you came up with it yourself. I don't know, that was kind of funny to me. Yeah, but again, it's it's like funny, but it's also just like... That doesn't make yeah, sense. And then they cut it off. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that wouldn't... I, I find it hard to believe that any person would just be like, hey, that's bad. And then someone would be like, but it was your idea. And you'd be like... Yeah, I know, but still. Yeah, it's like, not really anything. Yeah, that's true. It just it doesn't add value, but it is like it's a bit of a laugh, but it doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, so basically from this, we're learning that I guess she was making a joke about murdering or hunting humans, um, sp- a specific like right wing humans or whatever. She makes that joke, but apparently that wasn't a thing they yes. ever did. But now they're like, well, people are accusing us of, of doing it, so let's just do it. Yeah. Wow. I, there's something in this that I think could work with more thought. Because, like, there is something funny about, like, the the idea that, oh, something, somebody came up with a conspiracy theory on Reddit because they didn't understand the joke or, like, couldn't get the context. Which I don't think is what happens here. Like, those texts are not very funny anyway, and people being outraged is the right thing to do, so they're clearly in the wrong one way or another. But, you know, it, it, there's something funny to me about, like, this concept of, like, yeah, something kind of was a joke, became an internet thing, and then kind of just to, in spite of everybody, they actually do it just to, I don't know, just to upset people. I don't know, there's something there that I think it could work. It's just that, yeah, there's too many things that don't add up here, I think. To make it make sense. Yeah, it's like it, it doesn't make sense what joke she was trying to make. Yeah, also, in yeah, the text it's really weird. In the first place. Um, it's like why would you make that? It would have just been, it would have been more interesting if it, I, I feel like you're right in saying that like there is something there, but I think in the way this film went, it would have just been better if it was like, yeah, they were doing it. Like if it was just like a purge thing, then at least it would have been like, okay, that yeah. makes sense. But instead, it's, and we hear about it so much in the film where it's like, yeah, this is Manorgay. I've heard about this. And that's it. Like, there's no, I feel like there was exposition that we probably could have done with at the start. We probably could have done with even like some fake montage of like Reddit posts and news articles or like YouTube videos, podcasts, like something being like talking about Manorgate and talking about this conspiracy theory rather than just like being like, oh, there's a conspiracy theory. No, no. I'm not going to tell you what yeah, about. Yeah, honestly, like what I think is if you have the script and you wrote it, you you throw it to in, to the bin. Like that's like you read this, right? You you're two people writing the script. You you wrote this thing, you read it and you're like, well, this sucks now. Throw it out, write it again, right? It's a, it's a screenplay. <laughs> you write it a few times until it's good. This is this is like second third draft, right? Throw it the fuck away. Get rid of all of it. That's what I would say. It's so Get bad. rid of all of it. Get some of yes. the ideas that you thought were fun. Try to write them again. 
I mean, I don't know, maybe this is like, maybe this is their 10th draft, or maybe they were working really hard on it, but it feels so much like just something that somebody wrote quickly, or without much thought put into it, or just kind of haphazardly, or just something that they should have, I don't know, put in the drawer for a few months, you know, let it fucking sit there for a while, come back to it later, read it, and be like, oh, actually, maybe this doesn't make sense, oh, you know what, maybe this joke is kind of weird, let's just get this out, maybe let's change it up, you know, Mm. But the thing is, is that I feel like it's a react, it's a reactive film. So like, they, they didn't have the time to like rewrite it or think about it or like reevaluate everything because they're specifically reacting to like Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, like that whole presidential battle. And the there's going to be a new presidential election, I guess, this year, next year, I don't know. Um, so like, it they needed to release it now because it it's a very specific time. It's like it's gonna it's gonna become a dated film in ten years, know. probably. So, to a I mean, I don't even think anyone's gonna talk about it. It's not good. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think it's gonna have much of a lasting effect. But the thing is, it is still pretty general in terms of yeah, Republicans, Democrats. That's the battle that was there forever, and most of the stuff that's happening. Yeah, it's kind of it's right now. It's modern, supposed to be about right now. But I don't know. I don't think it's that like you know that specific that it has to be this president it has to be when Donald Trump is president. I don't think that's really necessary. I think the I think the use of the deplorables, the word the deplorables is like very specifically like Hillary Clinton. Yeah, but that's still like, like three years you... late. Mm-hmm. But it's still within the same like parental battle or whatever. Mm. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Parental era yes yeah parental parental presidential am i okay it's in the same presidential era because like if you click on deplorables the word deplorables it brings you to a basket the wikipedia page for basket of deplorables which is literally just about hillary clinton uh if you click enough can you get into like a site that gives you all the real truths about hillary clinton uh and about her it just yeah just has her what was the pizza thing i like that one pizzagate yeah Pizzagate? Yeah, let me just get grab the Wikipedia for you here. Pizzagate is a debunked, ha, huh, yeah, right, conspiracy theory that went viral during the 2016 presidential <laughs> election. Uh, it has been extensively discredited by a wide range of organizations. Uh, all right, so in March 2016, the personal email account of uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign manager was hacked, uh, and WikiLeaks published his emails. And proponents of the Pizzagate, 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 Pizzagate conspiracy theory <laughs> falsely claimed yeah. the emails contained coded messages that connected several high-ranking Democratic Party officials and U.S. restaurants with an alleged human trafficking and child sex ring. One of the establishments allegedly involved was the Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria in Washington, D.C. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically it was supposed to be about... Yeah, Hillary Clinton <laughs> having some sort of something to do with a bunch of restaurants who are all together <laughs> doing human trafficking and child sex stuff, which is uh, well, that's the. We know what Jeffrey Epstein and everything. That's what I call a conspiracy that theory. Sense. That's that's a that's a mm-hmm. ripe one right there. Um, but anyways. I don't even know anyway, what we're talking about. So that. we're at the final leg now. Yeah, this film, like, it's so weird. This film is nearly know. over, and I, I remember, what, like, this point yesterday, I was watching, and I was like, nothing happened to this film. Like, she literally just killed all of the <laughs> bad guys except the main one. 
I, I don't know. It, it feels like nothing happened. Like, there was literally no plot. It mm-hmm. was just a bunch of things that happened in the succession. Yeah. It's sketches. Yeah. Like, the so what happens is... Crystal goes to Athena's house. She's told to leave her gun. She goes in. Athena explains why she chose Crystal to kill or whatever. Um, and it's basically that she like posted on something being like, fuck this bitch. And I think that's like pretty much all like that she didn't like that she said, fuck this bitch. And just agreed with everyone else being like, yeah, she murders people. And then Crystal's like, but there's another Crystal, blah, 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 May Creasy or something. There's another one of them in Mississippi in my town and it's not me. And then Athena's like, I don't know if I believe you. And um, Crystal's like, well. And then they fight for a while. Um, well, there's lots of fighting. There's, I don't know, whatever. She makes a grilled cheese sandwich yeah. actually before. She tells us that she uses, she uses Gruyere cheese in her toasties. Um, they fight. She also, she puts a splatter guard um, on top of her pan when she's making her grilled cheese. I don't think that grilled cheese sandwiches spit that much oil. I don't know why she's doing that. Anyway, that just annoyed me because I was like, "That's what? How much is your sandwich spitting that you need to do that?" An inconsistency, if you ask me. Um, and so they fight, and then there's lots of fighting. It's like, "Oh, this one's done," and they stab each other lots. And then basically, the ultimate weapon is a KitchenAid, um, a kitchen. What do they call it? A KitchenAid um blender, food processor yeah. blade. Um, I know it's KitchenAid one because we have one and it looks exactly like that. Um, she puts, so Hillary Swank, Athena, shoves that into Crystal's chest or belly or whatever. And then they're fighting again and Crystal like pushes her body forward so that she also impales Athena on the blade. Then, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, Athena is dying. They're both on the ground. Athena's dying. Um, and Athena's like, tell me, or they talk about they talk about Animal Farm. Yes. And she's like, why did you call me Snowball? And she's like, well, an Animal Farm. There's a character called Snowball. And then Crystal's like, I know, but Snowball is this or whatever. She says something about the character basically being like, that doesn't make sense. Like, I shouldn't be Snowball. And then Athena's like, you've read Animal Farm? Being like shocked. And then Crystal's like, yes, ma'am. And then Athena's like, well, we're both dead. So tell me. Did I get the right crystal? And Crystal's like, maybe. And then she says maybe or she says no. She first says maybe and then then they talk again. And then Crystal's like, no, I'm not the right crystal. I'm a different crystal. So basically. And then Athena's. Yeah, the the, the idea is that they took a different crystal like altogether. She's the wrong person. Like they, they, I don't know. Somebody made a mistake. Yeah, which is like, how the fuck did they make that big of a mistake? Like they just didn't do the research at all. And then um, Athena's like, whoops, and then she dies. And then Chris, and then I'm also just like, I'm not inclined to believe that it's not the the real crystal. Like, I don't, the, me in the movie, there's no trust there. So I don't know if it's yeah. the truth or not. And we'll never, I just don't think I'll ever know. Like, even though it's come out of Crystal's mouth, I'm like, maybe that's not true. Maybe she's lying. Um, and then they, they she dies. Then a hair comes into the kitchen and Crystal's like, <gasps> Because the whole story about the hair and whatever. So I guess that's why they put it in so they could bring it back. And then Crystal gets up. She like wears one of Athena's dresses. She like, cauterizes her wound with a blowtorch. She does all these things. She takes the dog. She takes a fancy bottle of wine that's like from 1909 yeah. or something. She gets onto the plane. Um, and she's like, I killed the people you work for. Please bring me home. And they're like, 
okay. And then she's nice to the woman. She lets her have caviar or whatever. And then that's the end. And it's so f- fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, it does the, like, it does the, like... Not satisfied It does the jump cut to the title. And so, yeah, it's very unearned and feels kind of like it's cheating. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very unsatisfying. That's true. And I think a lot of it has to do with... Yeah, I think that the problem with that ending, one of the problems is that if you're taking away Crystal as somebody who was supposed to be there, I think you're kind of undermining the point of the film a little bit. I think it's exactly. kind of more interesting if it was actually one of the people that were commenting about the thing that were actually yeah. maybe intelligent or something else, you know, or like, you know. Mm-hmm. But instead it's just being like, well, you know what you thought, all you thought about the other side, you were yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. It's true all you Yeah, heard. it's supposed to be like, yeah, it's kind of making it all. Yeah, everybody on the left is stupid. Everybody on the right is stupid. You should be in the center. That's where it's cool. And that's where you can be like a cool sovereign chick like like, <laughs> like Betty. And it's like, well, that's that doesn't make sense. I, I don't know. Like, it's 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 really, it's a, it's an ending that's kind of a cop out because it's, it's scared to commit. And yeah, I mean, I feel like if you don't have political opinions, then you're not paying attention to the world so it's like that's not necessarily a good place to be so i don't know it's just a stupid like it's a bad yeah. movie the there's so many like i don't even think you could call them plot holes because it's like a plot hole insinuates that there was something substantial to go in the first place and there wasn't yeah. no that's i agree with that it's like it's like i don't know if crystal is the right crystal i don't know if don was actually on the left or the right, I don't know this, I don't know that, but you know what? I don't care. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, there's really not much to care about, so kind of leave no. that being like, okay, so yeah, fuck it. That's that's it. That's the film. That's the film to hunt. And uh, yeah, it's kind of sad. I don't know. I wish <laughs> I liked it. it more. You know. Yeah, we should do we should do bad films more often because then we don't record. That is true. Hours. That's better. We don't have as as much to say, and then we can kind of <laughs> yeah, just kind of leave it at that. Um. We can spend time with We should do it every once in a while. Yeah, that's true. I don't think we have... I mean, I don't know. There's <laughs> there's some stuff on our upcoming schedule that I'm not sure about, whether I like, because I haven't seen all of it. Um, I mean, I suppose the thing is, as well, is that with a bad film, often you have more... I feel like with a good film, sometimes you, you talk a lot more and you say a lot more, but sometimes you're saying so much because you have so much to say, but maybe not all of it is like as valuable. Whereas when you're talking about a bad film, I feel like you can get to the point more quickly about yeah exactly um, well that's you know we both have a college education in doing that i guess so there you go uh yeah yeah Yeah, we kind of went to college that's That's crazy Mm -hmm. i think that's one of the core things i learned in in university was that like if you're talking about film or play because i study drama and film and it was like it's more valuable or it it seems more intelligent or whatever if you have something negative to say, like anyone can say, this is great, this is great, that, that, that. But if you can actually like apply critical thinking and like say, well, this could have been done better, or like this wasn't great, or this is how this was, or whatever, it's more, I don't know, it takes more muscle in your brain yeah. or something. I think there's this general thinking that, you know, a film that. critic is loves to hate on, on things and loves to point stuff out and just like get satisfaction from saying that something is shit or something like that. But I don't think that's true. I think every, like, most, or I don't know, I'd say probably nearly every film critic just loves films and likes likes them. It's just that he sees a lot of them and he's got those critical thinking skills oh, and yeah. should have them. 
So he's able to point out what's wrong with them and why he didn't like a thing or why he liked the thing. If somebody likes a film, that's great. They can like the room and like legitimately like the room and say it's great. And if they enjoyed it, fuck it, all the power to them. You know, that's great. It's it doesn't matter. It's an opinion. You know, uh, if somebody gets gets upset because they like the hunt and they listen to this episode and we shat all over it, just get a grip. It's, it's great that you like the film. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy for you. Whatever. I mean, write us an angry email, please do, because we need the we need the communication. Yeah, please. please tell us how much you hate us. We need yeah. attention. Please, please tell, tell us. us. Yes, please, please <laughs> criticize us. Yeah. So, yeah. Mache. The the film, mm. the hunt. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Fuck hunt okay. kill. Well, yeah, I guess no big. Um, no big surprise here. I'm gonna have sex with Betty Gilpin because I like her style. I think she's a very talented woman and I appreciate her work. I don't know. I think okay. she's kind of sexy with her southern accent. Um, she's not really like maybe my type fully. Like, I don't know. But um, I don't know. In this film, I don't know. I was not really interested in many of the things going on. So I guess it's a very logical answer <laughs> to who I, I would fuck because I didn't feel any sexual tension or any kind of other tension in this film. So, yeah, but there you go. That's kind of my answer to that. Uh, I'm going to haunt... Uh, that's a hard one because I don't have any feelings towards anybody in this film, which is that's what makes it hard. You know, it's not even like I hate anybody or I dislike somebody or I find somebody interesting. You have no feelings I in don't any feel way. A certain way about anything that's going on here. So um, I'm gonna haunt the pig. I want to see what the pig is up to. Um, what was that pig doing <laughs> in the in the box all that time? I'm gonna haunt the pig with visions of its life on the farm and all the good times it had. Before it was put in a box by a bunch of liberals to prove a point, I guess. I or something. Know. Poor pig, you know. Uh, poor pig. Um, but sad. yeah, definitely an under underdeveloped character. I want to know more about the pig. Um, Me too. And I'm going to kill um, a Damon Lindelof and Nick Hughes who wrote the screenplay for it. By the way, uh, did they write it? Oh, they have some. Oh, Abby, they have some credits. We need to do this. All right, oh. they have some big credits. Um, one of them doesn't. Yeah, Nick one of Hughes, them. One of them wrote. Yeah. World War yeah, Z Nick Hughes didn't write anything. He just wrote the hunt. That's his only screenplaying credit. But Damon, oh, he's been around. He wrote such wonderful <laughs> films as Prometheus. Uh. World War Z, Star Trek Into Darkness, Tomorrowland, The Hunt, and Cowboys and Aliens. Now, I haven't seen all of them. Uh, Actually, I've only seen Prometheus out of that list. I've seen World War Z and Tomorrowland. Um, Prometheus is a film I kind of like. I think it's kind of interesting. I think the script is probably one of the worst things about that film. Uh, because That's it's unfortunate really, for him. really confusing. It's a really confusing film. Mm. Um, I don't know. How's World War Z? A lot of people hate that film. 
so World War Z, yeah, the the I think the main problem with that most people have with World War Z because I've read the I've read the book World War Z, um, and I really enjoy the book. The book is really interesting. Um, it yeah. frames like a zombie apocalypse as like a historical event, and the whole the book is just like a history book. And the film has absolutely no ties with the book. Okay. They just bought the rights so they could use the title. Like they're not in any way associated with one another. So I feel like that's the biggest gripe about the film. The gripe isn't or the film isn't terrible. It's not amazing, but it's also not terrible. I think it's fine. Um I I have I've seen it only once, I think, and I have no strong desire to see it again. <laughs> but okay. like it wasn't dreadful, but it's just that when you compare it to the book that it's supposedly based on, it's just kind of it just doesn't make any sense. Because it's like okay. that these these are these are in no way similar. Hmm. It's just well, like a, a disrespect to the book or whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that's on Damon as well. But uh, yeah. a game changer. Um, Damon was actually the co-creator and the showrunner of a little television series you might have heard of called Lost. He's oh, wow. the co-creator of Lost. He's got a history of like not satisfying audiences. <laughs> yeah, Lost. Well, Lost went uh, went off the fucking rails, mm-hmm. but uh, they had uh, a good few seasons. Um, and when I mean few, I mean two, maybe three, if you're being generous. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen Tomorrowland as well. And Tomorrowland is like completely left a field for the other things he's done. Tomorrowland is like a Disney film. Um, Oh, yeah. based off of Tomorrowland which is one of the lands in Disney it's yeah. kind of like the that's fu- about the future and whatever and I saw it and I was very excited for it because I, I find it really interesting when like Disney Disney was tr- doing a film about a concept more so than like a particular story like the concept is the future mm-hmm. or whatever and I was excited for George Clooney's in it and then yeah. when I saw it Again, it was really unsatisfactory. Like the start of the film was good, like the kind of concept I feel like was there, and then the ending and like the kind of the way it all wraps up just isn't satisfying at all. So he really has a thing. He has yeah, a knack maybe. for not satisfying people. I don't know if he has a wife, but I want to talk to her. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right, I guess we'll leave it at that. But I just want to put a disclaimer here that I don't actually mean Damon or Nick any harm. It's just a game. Please, guys, don't. don't For legal don't, reasons. Don't put me in jail. Or else. All right, Abby. Yes. <gasps> There's a rainbow. Um, well. Oh, is it double? No. That guy died. Did you know? Oh, double no. rainbow guy died. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I did not know mm-hmm. that. That's so pretty sad. sad. That so song sad. is amazing. Oh my god, it's amazing. Uh, the song they saw, the song they made out this is this is just another level. Anyways, um, Abby, <laughs> yes. um, in the film The Hunt, yes, that we've watched, that we've suffered through, suffered through <laughs> for this episode. Um, who do you want to fuck hunt and, and kill? So this is a tough one for me because, like as you said, I don't have any strong feelings towards anyone in this film. Um, so I guess I'm gonna f- I'm gonna fuck Emma Roberts for the mm. mainly for the purpose that I just like fancy Emma Roberts. There's 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 no one else in this film that I care to copulate 
with I don't think I want okay. to have sex with Emma Roberts either to be honest but if I have to um, choose from this very bad bag of people I'm gonna pick her and if Emma Roberts came up to me and, and she was like hey do you want to have sex I would be like oh well okay <laughs> with you <laughs> sorry um, okay I'm gonna haunt I'm gonna haunt um, Athena and I'm just gonna every day just be like you got the wrong crystal um, I'm just gonna say that repeatedly okay. um, and then I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill the pig and eat it I don't know <laughs> what the fuck Abby <laughs> Jesus Christ oh my uh, god why would you kill the only... the only innocent creature in this film Do most of the people in this film die I'm haunting someone who's dead I'm having sex with someone who's dead I may as well make something out of what I've got I'm gonna kill the pig make some bacon and sausages and stuff god damn it I just I can't believe this you're just talking about having <laughs> sex with a dead person, talking about killing an innocent oh. animal and turning it into meat. What is this episode? What is this turning into? That's a For very For legal reasons, that is a joke. <laughs> we need to cancel the podcast. We're being canceled. No, no. Don't do it. Yeah. Ne- necrophilia is really not socially acceptable. No, not apparently not. Well, next week... We're going to be t- <laughs> next week. We're going to be talking about "Spirited Away" by the wonderful Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah, that's Studio gonna be Ghibli a fun one. It's gonna be something else. It's our second animated film, I want to say. Um, yeah, Coraline it's the second this. animated film this season as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so very excited for that. I've seen it many times, so excited to watch it again. Yeah, yeah, me too. I've seen it. I think a couple of times. I think. Um, but yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. I um, I really don't remember much, which is weird. So I'm I'm kind of happy to see it again. Hmm. Um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see you there, and it's gonna be a bit of a different one. And we know we like the film, so <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> so, be different. Yeah, if you like yeah. listening to us talk about a film that we didn't like, then email us at fhkpodcast at gmail and tell us a film that you think we'll hate. <laughs> Yeah, if you enjoyed this different episode, let us know and we'll do more of them because yeah. we're your slave and we just want to satisfy your um, sick needs. Unlike the screenwriters of The Hunt who don't want to yeah. satisfy nobody. Especially their wives. Yeah. Um, no, so uh, what should we say at the end? Oh yeah, at the end we should say. Now we should say don't watch the hunt don't pay money for it because it's not worth your money um (laughs) you're even you know if if you want to play the game fuck can't kill you're gonna have a hard time because look at what hard time we had trying to play that fucking game right now and we're sex crazy yeah don't do it don't do it don't do it listen to me don't do it but what you should do (laughs) is uh wash your hands and wear a mask when you go out to public places with lots of people and you should also take care of your mental health and uh, try to be happy. And if you uh, have some problems, as we all do, uh, talk to people around you. And um, yeah, and make sure to take care of yourself. Because you are a beautiful person. You I don't do know it, that, bitch. but hopefully. 
We believe um, in you. And this has been Falcon Kill. Goodbye. And I have been oh silenced. Oh uh, what? You have been what? <laughs> I have been silenced. Bye. You have been silenced. Yeah, that's it. Bye. Bye. Now we talk. Now we keep talking. Now don't don't talk, don't you fucking gonna... dare stop recording. I didn't. I, didn't, I promise. I, I'm still dare. recording. I'm not going to stop recording. Now. I would never do that. Talk I... to me about a random topic. Oh, so I think we should do this sometime. <laughs>